Right, and that ding right now says that we are live. Um, very happy to introduce someone, but just before I do, I know everyone here is um, very excited about um, the imminent emergence of a baby Godzilla from their egg somewhere in Nagoya Bay. Uh, I don't actually know what the situation with that is yet. Uh, I'm sure either way, Victor's exhausted at the moment. Uh, he did say he's interested in joining, and I did send him a link so that he could join. So um, he may join during the show, and I may even get texted or get information. I will let you guys know as soon as I know anything about the situation with Victor. Um, but that said, for now, um, the main reason, and this is kind of a special Tokyo tonight. Usually this is just me talking like a crazy person by myself, but I've actually got a guest tonight, which is, might be the first time in, in like 58 episodes or 59 episodes I've ever actually had a guest on this show. Um, but I think it's fully justified. Um, the guest's name, I can use your, your full and real name, right? Okay, so that's good. So the uh, the guest name is uh, Alistair Harding, who uh, happens to be the uh, maker and creator of a new web series. You've set up a new right. YouTube that channel. Right now says that we are live. Very happy to introduce someone. Okay, you have to turn off your speakers. Um, very excited about... I have um, to turn off mine. You have to turn off your speakers because... It's it's back. Dude, uh, have, you, have uh, you been like talking to me? What the situation with that is yet? Uh, I'm sure. Either way, Victor's exhausted at the moment. Uh, he did say he's interested. Yeah. So this is why I use a headphone actually. Um, but the easiest thing is to pause the video or, or, or mute your computer. Oh no! But then you can't hear. Yeah. Headphones are best. I don't know anything about the situation with Victor. Oh, just stop the video playing back. Um, just stop the video playing back. Just push pause on the video. Usually, this is just me talking like a wow, crazy myself. But I guess just press pause on the video. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Or, or you plugged it in or whatever. You can hear me talking, right? In like 58 episodes or 59 episodes, I've ever actually had a guest. I can hear the show. video playing back uh, on your computer. This will justify it. Um, the guest name, I can use your, your full and real name, right? Okay, so that's good. Okay. I feel like calling you Victor now. I was about to call you Victor because Victor does this every single episode. He forgets to like turn off his speakers so that the sound of the video playing back... Uh, comes back. So it's quiet now. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. I can hear you. Okay, that's good. That's good. And you can hear me without the headphones on? Okay, you want the headphones off? Well, it's up to you. You look a bit dorky with them on, but okay, no, no, no. Wow, it's like the ghost of Victor has possessed you. This is amazing. <laughs> so now everyone's saying in the comments, there's a 40 second lag between the stream and the comments, so now everyone's saying, put on headphones or pause the video. Everyone's giving you technical advice. This is, this is what Victor, I've been doing this web show with Victor for four years, and it's almost like a trademark. I think he's doing it on purpose just to troll me now that he does that every single episode. He's getting quite old. Um, anyway, let's try that again. <laughs> but that's, it's funny because he's not here, but it feels like he's here. I was going to tell him, turn your freaking speakers off, Victor. Um, but never mind, you're a guest, so I'm not going to say that to you. Have I got everything right now? Yeah, I think you're right. You can hear me. You can see comments. I think we're good. Man, what would happen with this show if we didn't have technical awkwardness? I, I don't know. It, 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 Sorry. It Sorry, be, everybody. It wouldn't be web video. That's okay. Um, so so let, let me start again by introducing Elster Harding, who is, a, who is just uh, it's a brand-new YouTube channel called Henna Gaijin. Uh, that's the actual name of the channel. Uh, although it's so new, it's not it, at the moment. It's just got the jibbity jabbity uh, YouTube address at the moment, but that's the channel name that's registered. And he just uh, basically, uh, after recording and putting together a, a, a web 
video TV series called What Really Matters uh, released. After releasing a promo a week about that I didn't know about, he mailed me, you mailed me on like Friday night saying, you've just uploaded episode one of this new series that you've made. You've got a few episodes in the box ready to go every week. And I watched it, and it's fucking awesome, dude. And, you know, and I told you and I told everyone I know about it immediately, and it's so awesome. Um, I had to get you on to talk about it. Well, <laughs> I, I, I knew the moment that you watched it, actually, because um, suddenly our uh, our YouTube channel started getting a lot of subscribers and views, and I got <laughs> up all Friday night having a few drinks watching it. Yeah. And then I woke up in the morning and I saw what uh, Victor had done as well. It was, um, geez, it, it just blew my mind, the power that you guys have over the uh, the, the, the Google world or the YouTube world. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, we we have our little community, you know, we've got our communities and, and all, we've got all of our homies and homets uh, in the comments right now who, who are supporters and, and listen to us and they give us a chance once. But truth is, those people won't subscribe to you and they won't favorite or like or recommend on their Twitters and Facebooks if the stuff isn't good. And not only that, but if I, if, you know, you're a mate and I do you a favor of promoting your video and it turns out to be complete shit, uh, I lose a lot of credibility <laughs> over doing that. So, you know, it's kind of awesome that um, you have, that you one, that you did this. And this kind of hit me out of the blue. And this is something, that, yeah, I, I would have forwarded it and recommended it anyway. But the momentum that your video has taken, which has been crazy, the momentum that your video is getting and your channel is getting. Look, I, um, I have no idea what what it is. Um, where does it where does it stand next to others? Because I, I feel a little bit silly that, I, I used to run a creative agency, and I used to sit telling clients all about social media, and turns out I didn't know what I was talking about, because suddenly this last, last week, setting up this YouTube channel and the Facebook page and all of that, I actually had, I have to admit, I didn't know much about it, so I, I really have no idea on how we are actually going. I'm just enjoying um, watching all those subscribers come on and, and really enjoying the comments that are being made. It's, oh really lovely and it's kind of humbling. But that's it, that's it, that's it. Okay, for an idea, for me to get a thousand subscribers took me like six months. You got it in 24 hours. Uh, and, there, uh, and there's a thing here, there, there are social media gurus, and I know a few of them, and some of them are uh, quite good at what they do, but I differentiate between the pure social media guys who are just into trying to find people and link communities and stuff who, you know, favorite stuff or push stuff, <clears throat> and content creators. And content creators are, there's a lot of content creators who aren't good at the social stuff and they make awesome stuff and it just never gets picked up, it gets, you know, and if it's there for too long and it doesn't get enough attention, the, the Google algorithms just kind of, you know, disappears into the into the noise of the internet. Um, that's the worst thing that can happen with good content. But what social media people and people lacking in talent like myself really look for is stuff that we can promote that actually will have develop a momentum of its own, right? And this is the whole great thing about when you mix creativity and content creation with the social media stuff, and that's the magic of YouTube. The fact is you can make a great TV series. In fact, you know, you have to create a great TV series to get funded to put it on a TV show or whatever. But it's kind of funny. You can actually get more of a personal kick, not that I've had experience producing a TV series, but I think you actually get more of a personal kick because the, the feedback and the interaction and the gratification is so direct when you do something like, you know, web, when you mix the two worlds together like, like YouTube does. And that's the magic of YouTube. I um, think you're learning that. 
you're touching on a point there too, which is core to what we're trying to achieve, is that TV networks, nobody knows who watches them anymore. You know, a TV network can have be pumped into households all around the world. You know, there's one network we work with that uh, says that they go into 63 million homes around the world. And yet nobody really knows the true numbers. Nobody really knows who's the uh, who's actually watching. Yes, you may be in 63 million homes, but how many people are actually watching that episode uh, or watching TV at that time? Yeah. Um, and so that's that's the beauty of YouTube is that we can really we we can take some power back almost. Uh, you know, it, it goes back to the way TV used to be. TV used to be when we were kids. Yeah, uh, many, 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 many years ago. Quite a few years ago. Um, you know, we would watch TV and there would be ads on TV the whole time. And the way that uh, the way that, that TV was back then, television stations would provide content, they would provide TV shows, and the more popular they were, the more advertisers they would get and the more money they would make. And it seems like today TV networks are, are kind of going away from that. Mm. They, I watch TV here in Singapore these days, and all I see are promos for other shows during the ad breaks. Yeah, yeah. Sponsors to sponsor the shows, and that's how they make their money. And right. so they, they don't really, all they're doing now is just providing content for their TV channels. Yeah, and you know, this, this product placement stuff, it's just complete bullshit. I mean, you know, I, I, I will never, never sell out, no matter how delicious. Or fantastic the product is. I'm That's right. why you didn't want my headphones because they were a competing brand, weren't they? <laughs> it's all about the people to me. It's that's what really that's what really matters. Uh, so let's pause for a minute and jump back. So we're we're kind of jumping straight along into the philosophy and yeah. stuff. But we we I should introduce you. I've said that your name is Alistair Harding. I guess people have picked up that you were in Tokyo, uh, sorry, in Singapore by now. So maybe it helps to explain. Um, I guess full disclosure first, and we can come back to this. I've known you since I was like 13 years old. We went to high school together. Um, played together, I think. Sorry? We played hockey together, I we think. Played, we played hockey together, and uh, that, please, nobody read anything into that. Um, we actually, and we were in Romeo and Juliet together. Uh, yeah, you were in Romeo. Yeah. That's right. I was, like was your, your woefully inadequate sidekick. He was actually Romeo in Romeo and Juliet. See, the guy, the guy has been more skilled than me at pretty much everything. He's still in red hair. And you don't even remember that I was actually on the cross-country team as well. So he was on the cross-country team, and he was like the number one runner and the Auckland champion. And I was like the, 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 the bottom-ranked guy on the team who was always like bringing up the back. He probably never even noticed I was on the same team, actually. Well, when you were sitting in the top class, the top streamed class at school, I'm, I'm sure you didn't notice notice how far back well, my class was. <laughs> I could always see because there would be like the uh, the race riots and some of the mornings in the back rows. <laughs> 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 yeah, Simon, Echo is uh, definitely the, the brains of this partnership, I think. No, no, no. You're the looks and talent, obviously. You've proven that. So um, anyway, enough of the mutual gratification. Um, but just, just so that people know, we can come back to this. Uh, and no, not tonsil hockey, bloody Jason's all sumo channel. Please get your brain out of the gutter. He's a, he's a, he's a good man. Um, so no, what we're going to... So, so yes, I've known this guy forever. But that said, I mean, the last... Everyone in New Zealand leaves. You know, that's the great thing about New Zealand. Pretty much everyone gets out after university or during university or whatever. And, you know, I, I went off to Japan. I came to Japan. And at the same time, you went straight to Singapore, right? 
Uh, no. no. Where did you go? When my, I don't even when remember. My, when my uh, when I was when we were at high school, my father um, worked in Tokyo for a couple of years. Yeah. I started spending a lot of time up in Tokyo. Hmm. Um, and then after he went back to New Zealand, I spent some time in Niigata, and so that's where my love for Japan comes from. Uh, after during after university, I stayed in New Zealand for about a year. I went to Australia, and then I came up here to Singapore. I was working for a publishing company at that stage here. Yeah, but you always I remember like actually you know geez I just remembered we flirted together for a year at university. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. with with the, with the manic depressive alcoholic flatmate that we had to call the cops on. You remember that? Yeah, I I do. I remember him being taken out by a straitjacket. Yes, he was actually put into a straitjacket. Damn, I just realised we were, I forgot that we live. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. It was just for a few months overlap because I, I got freaked out by that guy. We, we, I you were the only guy in that flat that got his own room. That's right. Well, and I, I remember what, that you made good use of the other room as well with another female flatmate. But yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh damn! I just remembered that. Shit. Okay. Well, but anyway, I remember you were always the TV production guy. Like you know, and I remember you you loved the North Rugby League team, and like you'd edit up music videos and stuff like that. And I and you were always going to be the actual video. I, I was never into video. You know, video making was a twinkle in my eye at university. But you were actually doing the real thing, going to studios like after your study time or whatever. And and that was always I, in my head. That's always oh, Ace is always going to be the, the the media producer guy. And then you know with the updates that I'd get every few years when we catch up after you know I heard that you're in Singapore and that you're involved in TV production and publishing and stuff. But but what is your background like before before getting into YouTube? What have you been doing all your life? Uh, well, I'd actually forgotten about those late night visits to the television studio that you were talking about. But you're right. I spent a lot of time doing those, didn't I? Yeah, you were like a you were like a YouTuber before YouTube was YouTube. <laughs> There's some classic material there. Yeah, yeah. You use Faith No More as a soundtrack. I, I I've got to go and find that video now. But yeah. um, I look, I started as a journalist. Um, I worked for the uh, for the esteemed Manukau Daily News in in Auckland, which um, is now defunct. Yep. So our biggest star was Jonah Lomo. If anyone is Knows oh, their legend. I remember interviewing him one time, and he wasn't actually available, so I ended up interviewing his Welsh manager instead. And he was acting as if Jonah, he was Jonah. It was um, quite a hilarious conversation. But um, so yeah, I went over to Australia. I was working um, Sydney Morning Herald and Australian Associated Press, and then I ended up in Singapore working and publishing magazines. And uh, then I started publishing my own magazines, doing tourist guidebooks for Singapore, Hong Kong, Bangkok, and Jakarta. Um, and then I spent a couple of years running a creative agency here in Singapore once those uh, magazines um, closed down. And uh, but it's always been in the back of my head. You know, whenever I travel, yeah. I'm, I'm always looking at things through the, the camera in my eye. And I started. I think what Re, uh, reignited it was when the iPhone actually started letting me use the camera. Yeah. So every every holiday was I started making videos and stuff like that. And um, so when I when I left the the creative agency, the reason I left, and if you read on the um, the Facebook website we have for Henna Gaijin, it talks about this. Is that I left because 
I mean, I was earning good money. I was, I was doing a good job. I was heading up a good operation, working with some amazing people. Yeah. It was just something missing. You were working for the man. I was working for the man. I didn't like it. <laughs> By the way, I've got to pause you for a minute. Lisi is just asking, uh, do you have any embarrassing videos of me? And I just realized you do. <laughs> because you've still got the... Sorry? Lisa. That's oh, right, Lisi. Well, it's L-Y-C-I. Pronounced Lisi, one of the commenters. She's just, she's just saying, hey, Alistair, do you have any uh, embarrassing videos of Hiko? And I just realized you do. Do I? Yeah, you've still got the video of the, the Romeo and Juliet thing. I, I bet I do. Okay, that wasn't embarrassing. No, 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 that was awesome, that was awesome. You were a mercurial mercurio. No, I wasn't Mercurio, dude. Please, that was Sean Croon. I was, um, I, I was Benvolio, the the the, oh, the lame master. Yeah. See, he doesn't even remember which which sidekick I was. Seriously, I, what am I? The Green Lantern? I, I haven't I haven't read Shakespeare for a while. But you know, no. Well, the, what, the, what the best part of that video, which I, actually is the reason I've always wanted that video, is that we did in the warm ups, the drama warm ups before the show. We did like a reenactments of different scenes, and I actually got the balcony scene where I actually got to act as Romeo during the balcony scene with mystery with the with a big Indian guy as Juliet, uh, and and I got and I got my face blown off in the middle of the scene by by Juliet's father. It was a different ending. <laughs> that was awesome. You still got that? I was like this lanky. I was of course an extremely extracted, uh, an extremely attractive high school person. I, I was like the most popular person in high school, of course. You did have hair back then. I did have hair, didn't I? Well, that's it. I had, I had hair. You know, I, I, we had, they made us diet. Remember that? Well, well, I was about to say that was that was something, and I think um, maybe Lacey, that's that's what um, Lacey could be looking for is that video. We, we were all made to dye our hair black, and we all us. Really pasty white fellas. We we all look rather terrible. I seem to recall. We had, well, that's why uh, actually it was terrible, wasn't it? Because they had the white cast and they had the non-white cast. It was it was very segregationist actually. But, it was um, apartheid. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty. It was pretty apartheid. But no, no, so Lucy, I, just just to be clear, uh, I was not Juliet. We had a big Indian guy playing Juliet. I was Romeo, and I, I had to make out with Juliet because it was the balcony scene. It was awesome. Uh, if you've got that VHS video anywhere, uh, I, I, I promise I'll disclose it because I want to see it myself. I've just been back down in New Zealand for Christmas and my mother's been trying to get me to clear out my old room with all the videotapes and everything like that and I, yeah. I found them there and I have a horrible feeling that I just told her to throw them all out because ah. I thought videotapes I'm not going to need. It's for the better. It's for, it's yeah, for the best. Bad. It's for the best. But yes, no. Uh, but anyway, sorry, 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 sorry to interrupt you there for a minute. But I just, I, I just triggered it, triggered a memory which I, I haven't thought about in a long time. Um, making out with. I was weird that you were saying when you introduced that topic. You said uh, Lacey asked if um, you got any, um, if you've got any uh, embarrassing videos of me, and I thought she was Lacey was talking about him or herself, and I thought, oh my God, who is this? Someone's stalking me already. Someone from my home. Well, yeah, that's coming next. That's coming next. We'll talk about that. <laughs> but um, okay, so you're in Singapore, you're the creative agency and stuff, and then you got into the, you know, making big bucks and doing well. But something was missing. Yeah, I, look, I, as I said, I, I really enjoyed that job, and I was working with some amazing people. But um, I remember the, the day I quit, the guy asked the guy I dealt with. I said to him, "Look, I, I've got to go. You know, yeah. go as far as I can." 
And he said, why? And I actually had no answer because uh, all I knew was that I just wanted to do something else. And I, my, my only answer was I want to concentrate on my writing um, because I, I do a lot of writing and I'm at the moment in the midst of um, trying to finish my, my first book. And, um, you know, I'd been doing that at the time for, for a little while and I just wanted to finish that and get it done. And that was, that was two years ago and I still haven't finished that book. Yeah. But um, but you know that was that was it. And to me, what this what really mm -hmm. matters is about is about that journey. To tell you the truth, it's about yeah. myself and about uh, Nick, the camera and, and sound guy that, um, that comes along with me. He's yeah. exactly the same. He he left his job and he was working in advertising in Australia for twenty years. Yeah, and he left that um, just to go, no, I, I want to do something else. And he went back to school to learn TV production. And he's been doing that, uh, mostly sound, but a little bit of camera and a little bit of directing as well for the last seven years. Yeah. And, you know, together with him and a few other people, for the last two years I've been working in this television stuff and we've climbed Mount Kinabalu, the, uh, the tallest mountain in Southeast Asia. I mean, that, that thing is taller than Mount Cook in New Zealand. If anyone's seen the Lord of the Rings, you can see how big those mountains are on the South Island of New Zealand. Well, yeah. Mount Cook is the, the or is it Auraki these days, isn't it? That's, that's the correct name, yes. So, um, but is, that, so is that in New Guinea? Where is that? Sorry? Is that in New Guinea or is it in Indonesia? Mount Kinabalu? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's in Borneo. Borneo, okay. In Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. And we took a full camera crew up there. Um, and it was just surreal doing an interview on the on the summit of it. And one of the guys that we were following, who was the, one of the protagonists in the um, the, yeah. the video, I was challenging him to a push-up competition on the summit of Mount Kinabalu. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, we've also last year we did a, a history documentary where where we went out on a boat and we followed six guys kayaking from Indonesia to Singapore, um, recreating a, a World War II mission. Mm. Uh, where these guys hiked into Singapore under the cover of night and blew up Japanese shipping. So, I mean, together we've done these just amazing, amazing adventures, and that's what it's all about. And I think that's what, what really matters is about, is about just following our own dreams and doing it. So those two things that you just talked about, those, those were commercial documentary programs that you were involved in, or were they projects like this? Uh, no, they, they were commercial projects. One was for a, a rather large TV network. Um, and the other one is for a corporate client. Um, they're wanting to promote their their product. And we the front. <laughs> I no, no, I can't. Don't do that. Don't sell out, man. Um, so, were you like the front man on those, or were you were you like the uh, the, the tortured, uh, suppressed guy behind the camera, saying wanting to say, get out of the way? No, this this Hannah Gaijin thing is the first time for me in in front of the camera. Um, yeah. I'm in Kinabalu. I was I was directing that one. Yeah. Uh, the, the kayaking to Ind from Indonesia to Singapore, I was um, writing and producing that one. Yeah. Uh, and there have been other ones as well, like we produced one last year where we went to Bangkok and we, we took a guy, this was, uh, here's some product placement for you, everyone go and check this out, for Jetstar, Jetstar's 10th birthday, they, they sent this guy on a wild card adventure to Bangkok, <laughs> we didn't know where he was going. Did he get all the shots? <laughs> What we had to do was we had to, he didn't know where he was going, but yeah. the rule was he had to say yes to everything. And so 
he gets on the plane and we stick a guy, a Mai Tai kickboxer next to him. The Mai Tai kickboxer says, oh, you're on camera. Why don't you come kickboxing with me? The guy has to say yes. Yeah. And it goes through further and further through the episode until finally at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, on the, the last day we were had 50 extras up in, our, um, in a bar where this guy was having the end of his wildcard adventure and the, the cops came in and kicked us out. So <laughs> it was all rather crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we, we've had some amazing adventures doing this. And that's, as I said, that's what it's all about for us, is, uh, is trying to follow our own dreams. And I think YouTube gives us the opportunity to do that. Okay, so let's talk about that. So it sounds like you started to get into making like travel movies for commercial networks and, and awesome ones of that, travel shows and stuff like that, and you got to direct and produce. So what motivated you to do what you're doing now, this project, outside of that? What, what motivated you to actually do this on YouTube? Because I know that you're a, you're a, new, you're a newcomer to YouTube. i got to tell you as well, for guys like me in terms of um, you know YouTube video makers, um, we look at guys like you, <laughs> like people who actually have skills in this area and do this for a living, you know, in, in that world that we kind of try to copy, but at the same time we also try to not copy in our own way on YouTube. But we always think, if I could do what you did, you know, like if one of you guys came over here, we would be wiped out. You know, guys like you know TV producers, you know, guys who have experience with commercial production coming onto YouTube would be like a nuclear bomb going off on YouTube because people with actual talent <laughs> would wipe us out. Um, but it's awesome that you've done this, and it's obviously had a huge impact. But so, so tell me, what was what was in the decision to do this project on YouTube on your own? And what have you found the big differences are? That's a really, really loaded question for me because I can rant all night. I'm a writer and brevity is really important to a writer, so I will try and be brief here. Yeah. Um, look, when you, when you work in the commercial TV space, I think I've already sort of touched on this earlier. The TV networks, the way that they work, um, I always I have to be careful about what I say um, because, of course, they are still um, daytime bread and butter. Yeah. But I do believe that they they have to very quickly come to grips with the digital age. Yeah. Um, what YouTube offers is the ability. If an advertiser is going to make a show with a big network. Yeah. They're going to spend uh, in the region of a million dollars and uh, they'll get say a two-part 30-minute, two times 30-minute uh, series about cooking in Japan or something. Mm. Now, an it doesn't won't take long for advertisers to realize that these networks, they can't really count up who the viewers are. Yeah. And it's not long before they're going to start looking at people on YouTube or on other like-minded um, networks on the internet, and they're going to be able to say, well, hey, look, Echo Simon gets 30,000 subscribers, <laughs> or Victor gets 100,000 subscribers, yeah. and we know exactly who these people are. We can target our product to them, and we might be able to pay them half that. And I think that's that's where the strategy comes from for, for what we're trying to achieve is that we figure that we can make this kind of quality and yeah. build a business around it hopefully, but at the same time that we're doing stuff which, which we enjoy, mm. we really are passionate about ourselves, 
And I think what's really made me so excited about this over the last 48 hours is that it seems other people are excited about the same thing we, things we are. And it's that's all, awesome. It's all about, see, this is the thing. I mean, for me, YouTube is literally like surfing. And I've told you a little bit. We actually were talking the other day, and I told you a little about my, bit about my, my philosophy on surfing as well. It's about the vibe. And the thing is, you know, I say this over and over. People people message Victor and I sometimes, and they say, you know, how do I go viral? How do I become the next big thing on YouTube? And I'll say, well, there's a few schools of thought on this. But if you ask me, um, you know, for me, when I had 100 subscribers, and I knew who every one of those 100 subscribers were, and I had conversations with them through my videos and stuff like that, that was, for me... <clears throat> I would rather have 100, and this is what I say, and I mean this. I've, I mean, I've got a lot more subscribers now, so it looks like maybe I'm saying this from an ivory tower, but this is true. I know pretty much I recognize, uh, I don't know Nathan Hawthorne. Welcome, Nathan Hawthorne. Welcome to the show. But I recognize most of the names in the comments of people who comment and participate in these live shows. I would rather have 100 subscribers that I know than a million viewers who I've got no idea who they are. I mean, and the fact is, I know that these people, enjoy what I enjoy and I know that I can be myself and I can be myself more than I can be myself at work or, or, or with you know how many I can actually just talk about the stuff that everyone else in my life finds extremely boring <laughs> but my wife tells me to shut up and stop boring her with I can talk about here I can talk about why I love Japan I can talk about this new camera lens I can talk about you know and hey dude this this is what goes back to, to what TV was supposed to be was yeah. that people are bored they will turn off and that's what TV used to be. It was, if you don't have good content on TV, then advertisers aren't going to pay for it. And just like today, with what you're talking about, if people aren't interested in what you're saying, they'll just switch off. Yeah. And it's, it's a very honest medium, isn't it? Well, that's it. I mean, you know, but, but the thing is, and what's cool about it is, is that as a creator, um, it's cool, of course, if 100,000 people or a million or 30, if, you know, if you, if 32 million people subscribe to me, like happens with some people, and that they love my content, they watch every one of my videos, that's wonderful. But at the end of the day, it's even 100 people. <laughs> even having 100 people love your stuff, those people love your stuff, and you're connecting with those people. And if you're in a place like New Zealand, you know, I mean, there might be two or three other people in the whole country who can connect with the stuff that you're interested in, but through this, it doesn't really matter. It's geography, you know, agnostic. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So Victor's gonna okay. So quick update from Victor. Victor's gonna be stuck at the hospital all night by the looks of it. Um, so no specific updates on that. But um, he says Victor says hello, say hello to everyone. So hello from Victor. So no updates at the moment except Victor's staying at the hospital. Um, but but the whole thing is is that so you're seeing all these people who are actually moved. And I've I've read comments on Facebook by your video, and this is why I'm excited to get you on, because the angle that you've taken on the show. Um, the angle of broadcasting and showing people Japan is actually an extremely creative place. There are people in Japan who live who aren't salarymen, who aren't the stereotypes of these, you know, bland, you know, emotionless, suppressed sort of people. There are people in Japan who a lot of people in Japan who are extremely creative and, and live their passions and so on. And you can find these people everywhere. And talking about Japan in that way. It vibes with so many people who are here in Japan because of exactly that. And I'm seeing comments that you probably don't even see to me about that video saying that, like, this guy gets it. Oh, my God, this guy gets it. I'm going to share this with everybody. It's so nice to hear. But that's, what it, that, that's what's cool. And, you know, 
the advertisers and the connection, and they see, okay, well, this is this is if we've got uh, cheap package trips to Japan, put your ads next to this because you know um, there's there's the advertising angle on this, and, and that's for for the YouTube people to figure out and connect and get the metadata and do all that stuff right. But honestly speaking, I mean, for me, that's all good, <laughs> and I know that you're coming at this from doing this as a business, but for me. Uh, I, I I just live off the awesomes, <laughs> the number of awesomes I get in comments. For me, that that's what I feed off. Look, it, it's one one thing that really, um, and another reason why I've wanted to to do this is because I get very fr I get very frustrated, and I think most people who uh, who watch YouTube, mm. you have the same problem. Is we get very frustrated with what's on typical TV these days. <laughs> Um, there's, there's not a lot of thought put in, and you touch on a really good point there. That <clears throat> the amount of times I've watched, I love Japan. I, the time I spend in Japan, I've spent the rest of my time wanting to try and get back somehow. I absolutely adore the place, and um, so whenever I'm watching TV uh, shows talking about Japan, it really, really pisses me off as well. When you see, You're doing it wrong. You see some kind of. Am I not allowed to say that? It really annoys me. Dude, dude, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me just let me just remind you for a minute. You are not on commercial TV right now. You're on YouTube, so you can you can say all those fucking retards. You can say that. Uh, that's that's another nice thing about YouTube. So go ahead, like, open up. It really annoys the hell out of me when I see just another documentary or some person traveling through Japan and they make comments about vending machines or. With used underwear, used underwear, <laughs> bending machines and stuff like that. It just—it's so bloody boring, and there is so much depth. If people were to just look a little bit deeper, anywhere they go, I'm not just talking about Japan. Anywhere they go, yeah. and that's why I wanted to open up each video with the little history bit that you see. And I read that book where which I, that germ of an idea came from many years ago about Akio Morita, the founder of Sony. Yeah, you know, to me, that that's what Tokyo is about. We we talk about conformity all the time with the Japanese, and um, but Japan's never been that to me. I've all the time I spent in Japan, I spent with some the craziest people that I ever met. Yeah, I've been in some really odd situations in Japan, and I always kind of think that the Japanese they always do things to the nth degree. Yeah. And that's why I like the, the idea of Shumi in the first episode is because if someone's to pick up a hobby, let's just say it's a stamp collector. Yeah. Where we come from, you get a stamp collector and they say, oh, I collect stamps. And they'll have stamps from all over the world and it'll be a beautiful collection. And they'll have a lot of them. And you talk to a Japanese stamp collector and they will say, well, I specialize in stamps from the 1950s from Nui with flowers on them, which are red. In the summertime, you know, yeah. there's just so much enthusiasm for detail in Japan, and the the creativity. That's a lot of people think detail is not very creative. Detail is extremely creative. <clears throat> it's really about thinking about everything, and um, to me, that that's why I wanted to actually start the whole series in Tokyo because, to me, I think Tokyo is one of the most creative cities in the world, if not the creative center of my universe. So much has come from there, and we think of Tokyo as big business. But again, I bring it back to the Sony example. You know, those guys started off Sony in a bombed-out old warehouse or something. Yeah. 
straight after the Second World War. And if you don't have a can-do creative attitude, you, you don't survive in that situation. Yeah. I think of all places, Tokyo really represents the whole concept of just doing what you love and getting on with it and, and using your creativity to, to do a great job. But the other thing about Japan too is that the idea of doing something really, really well mm. and having respect for yourself to be able to, to do that, mm. to, to respect what you do. Um, in the second episode, we talked to a sword maker. He talks about perfection yeah. and how, can he actually achieve perfection. He doesn't really care. All he cares about is that he tries to do it. Yeah. And he respects himself enough and what he does to actually go after it. And that's what I get from Japan. I've always got that from Japan. And as I said, it annoys the hell out of me when I just see another show with a machine with used panties in it. It sucks. Hey, you, you, I've, I've never actually seen one, you know. I've never seen one all these years. I've, I've, I must admit, I've had the curiosity for well, yeah. those truths. They exist somewhere, but yeah. Um, so, how did you go? Actually, I'm kind of interested in in terms of your creative thought process. So, t cool intro titles, you know, the big Anthony Bourdain type thing, the music, the climbing mountains, and and then you drop us into an SM bar or shop. <laughs> and I say, oh, Ace, he's done it. He's oh, here we go, here we go. It was actually quite good, and it was actually quite uh, engaging. But 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 how do, how are we going from an, an SM fashionista to to a sword maker? Where, 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 what in the hell are your sources? There is a design to it. There is a, there is a design to it. And I'm hoping that by the end, if people watch the whole way through, that they'll they'll get it. What it is is, um, it starts with the question. You know, what is it that you're passionate? Do you want to do what you love? And if so, watch this. And yeah. you start with trying to find your passion. Yeah. Um, second episode, and that's what the first episode's all about. And that guy Kenji, um, yeah. if anyone product placement here, if anyone's in a Moto Sando, drop by that shop for your pleasure. It's just, it's a really cool place. He's a really cool guy, um, and uh, he deserves everything he gets because he's worked so hard on doing that. He used to be a web designer. Yeah. Um, but he gave up his passion. He gave up his job to follow his passion, and and of course, Eldred is is the same. Eldred is an artist who he's a Singaporean. Yeah. You know, he told me that it doesn't really come through in the interview, but he told me that he didn't really. He used to draw when he was at school in Singapore, but he didn't really start doing his art properly until he got to Tokyo, and he credits Japan and Tokyo. Yeah. Specifically, as as the as the driving force behind that, and those de those drawings of his are extremely detailed. Yeah. I'm going to post some um, some shots of them on the website to, on the Facebook page tomorrow, and, that's a, and they're just absolutely beautiful. Yeah, that's another thing I think is cool from what I can see of that episode and what I can see in the previews so far. What little I know about the, the upcoming episodes are that um, <clears throat> you seem to have a good a, a nice balance of not just meeting not just featuring Japanese people but also non-Japanese who live in Japan who are doing the same things like without differentiating or anything like that just like normal people you know, look Eldred is about introducing yeah. you couldn't put him in a second or third or fourth episode because it would seem odd to have a have a foreigner um, talking at that point unless there was some specific reason yeah. so to, to me he was he was about introducing Tokyo for an outsider I mean, yeah. 
in a gaijin where, where foreigners coming in and, and taking a look, right? Mm. So, um, so he was about introducing it and <clears throat> and passion, you know, trying to find your passion. That's the first step to doing what, to figuring out what really matters to you and, and to, to doing something that you love, right? Yeah. So answer, just going back to that question, to, to answer that question before, you know, the second episode we, we start to, we go back to basics. Okay, you've figured right. out what your passion is. Go back to basics and we're going to talk about swords and we're going to talk about tatami mats and people that doing very traditional things. But really when you think about it, why on earth are these guys still doing it? I mean, no one walks around Tokyo with a sword in their belt anymore. No, and you need a license to have one. I mean, they're hard to get even if you want one, yeah. It's against the law to walk around on the, the street with a, with a sword on your belt. So what's the point? Yeah. And tatami mats, I mean, there are a lot cheaper ways to floor your home these days uh, than, than putting tatami down. So what the second episode is about is going back to, to what really has always mattered to us. And then the third episode, do we, uh, we go pro wrestling. Yeah. You go female pro wrestling because you know there's only so much the, the dry swords and tatamis you can take. You know you, <laughs> you need to let it all go. And in that episode, we do have another foreigner. We yeah. have a German pro wrestler, and she's absolutely amazing. You would have seen if you looked on the uh, the Hennigaijin Facebook page, you would have seen a little bit about her. I think that's what I saw. Yeah, that's my that's that was the when we came back that was the first episode I uh, edited because I just enjoyed that interview those interviews so much yeah there's a lot of people that get down on pro wrestling but to me that's that's a great day out even if you you don't really care much for, for pro wrestling and I don't, I'm not a big pro wrestling fan I just had a great time yeah and then the last episode it, it talks about the changing face of Japan and the youth of Japan how you know, when when you and I first started going to Japan, it was still sort of the end of the bubble era, really. I suppose. Yeah. Hey, were we on the same trip to Fukuoka? No, I never went on that. Ah, okay, okay. Time when my when my father was here, when I was I was we were probably last year, second last year of high school. Right, but you went on was it Rotary or AFS to Niigata, right? No, no, no. I was I was just going up uh, and working. Oh wow. I did visit you, and I got I got probably close to the most drunk I've been in my entire life at the at the, at the place in Niigata where you were. We got some photos of that. Oh man! Oh, that's out in Shirone. Shirone. The guy bloody can't pronounce Japanese. Tells me to find Shirone, and no one can no one can tell me where Shirone is when I get to Niigata. And then when I show up, I think your boss applied me. I, I just turned 20, right? You know, so I I I, I just gone, you know, alcohol legal in New Zealand and Japan. And your boss just basically hooked me up to a drip of of, of sake and hard liquor. And I, and I, 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 I nearly died. That was, that was uh, I, I remember that now. I'd forgotten about that. Do you remember what I, I remember the final words? That this is my, my, my curse is, is that whenever I get drunk, I'm, I, you know, some people, they forget everything when they're drunk and they wake up and it's like, you know, they have these time gaps. It's like nothing ever happens. So they never learn. They just repeat the same things. I remember every second of everything that happens to me, no matter how drunk I am. And I remember the last thing that I said, as just, just as I passed out in uh, in that night in Shironi, was, Ace, get me a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Then I woke up. Then all of a sudden, I, I blinked my eyes and I was waking up. Um, that, was, that was interesting. That was on a, for everyone who's listening to the in-joke, It was I was working at that time up in a plant nursery. A yeah. Flowers in the middle of winter. 
in the middle of nowhere. I mean, that, you said that was Niigata. That was Niigata Prefecture, not Niigata City. That was yeah. It was about an hour hour outside Niigata City. Yeah, and it was cold. It was very cold. Well, that's that's where you learn Japanese, man. That's where that's where you learn about Japan. I mean, Tokyo. I love Tokyo. I I couldn't live anywhere other than Tokyo now. But but Tokyo is very different to the rest of Japan. You know, I'm in love with Tokyo, but I, I differentiate it from the rest of Japan because. You know, it's a, it's a different thing. Living in a place like where you were first is the right way to go because that's when you really learn about, I think, Japanese people. In all the time that my father was living in Tokyo and I was spending time up there, you know, he, he was there for two years. He was living in a, in a huge apartment in Everton and in Ichigaya. And, mm. and I remember coming up and he had a car and he, he hardly had to talk to anyone in, in Japan who didn't speak. Yeah, well, you can live in Tokyo. That's it. I mean, there are there are guys who've lived there twenty, thirty years. They don't have to. Yeah, you. I I also I I in Niigata, I just found you you had to learn or you couldn't. Now my Japanese isn't so great these days, but you will get a little bit of a taste of it uh, in episode in episode uh, two and three. A That's good. I will point out all of your mistakes in the comments. Don't worry. <laughs> I edited it very strongly, but um, I was going to say. Um, one of the people that taught me Japanese was, um, was someone that I mentioned this yesterday. I've, I've really got to take issue with you over your hatred for Nakaikun. <laughs> oh, okay. We're going to come to that. Okay, let's just pause it there for a minute. I'm not allowed to talk about that yet. Let's pause it. No, 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 because I just want to come back. I've just been kind of seeing the comments flying by. First thing is, some okay. people have some information. I'm sorry, I wasn't able to catch it exactly, but people are saying, I'm guessing if Victor's going to be in the hospital all night, and some people seem to be saying as well, so it looks like they're going C-section uh, with with the birth. I don't know if anyone's actually confirmed that information, if there's anyone from Nagoya who knows about this who's posted that. Um, but I'll just repeat that since I saw it. That's how it looks. Um, we went C-section. It was like the best way to go. Um, so I'm actually relieved if that's the case. Um, you know, I mean, natural it's cool if it all goes well. But um, anyway, all the best for Victor if that's, if that's the truth, if that's the case. I'm sure we're going to find out about that soon. Um, the other thing, I saw some people asking questions about, um, and this actually follows on from what you were just saying, so we will come to, to Nakaikun, don't worry, we, I will not leave Nakaikun lying okay. in this situation. But someone, but someone is asking here, so yeah, you're, you're based in Singapore, you came to Japan, you recorded four episodes, so are there only four episodes is the question, is that it? People are already kind of asking. Yeah, we, we came up for six days. Yeah. Um, First day is obviously travel day, last day is travel day as well. So the four days in between we, we went around Tokyo and we got as much as we could and we we got we were hoping for five episodes out of it, but it turned out that with the material we got that it turned was better that it was just four episodes. Um, we wanna I was I was I think overseas at the time, right? Yeah, you were in Phuket living it up in a beach house. Ah, right? now I know where I was. That's right, and you called me with your Singapore number and you say, I'm in Japan, dude. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm in Southeast Asia. <laughs> I think I was just around the corner from where you live, too. I, I could have been in this, but, but that's all that I heard about it. I just, it was like, oh, it's a shame. We can't catch up. Okay, next time. And then I hear from you months later. I hear from you on Friday night, and, and, and I finally see the product. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I so regret that we couldn't catch up. We wanted to make sure that it was that it was finished and it was ready for everybody before everybody sees it. I'm I'm a real stickler for, for making sure. I hate it when um, I show stuff to people and it's not yet done and it relies on their imagination to see see what happens. So that's right. why I wanted to make sure that it was finished before we showed it showed it to anyone really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is great. And again, that's another 
aspect of being a pro guy coming into this, you know, as opposed to the um, wait, let me get my iPhone, <laughs> take a selfie, you know, that 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 is my world. Um, but but so it is the four episodes. What just but we will come back to Nakaikun, but but what is the plan? I mean, like if people love these ep- these next episodes as much as they love the first one, I mean, what are the plans? I think you mentioned. You might do you. You'll continue the series in Southeast Asia, and and maybe we could persuade you to come back and do some more in Japan. Or what's what's the plan? All going well with these first episodes. Look, we we loved coming up to Japan, and we we want to do it. Uh, I would I would love to have it just Japan show. To tell you the truth, I would um, love you just to have a Japan show. Yeah, more we can more time we can spend up there would be amazing. But yeah. as it stands right now, I mean, these things do cost money to do. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and this has all come out of my own pocket to, to do this first one. Yeah. Um, so what we're hoping for, since, since we've seen all these comments, to tell you the truth, I sort of thought, okay, we'll see what happens with this next month. And um, then we'll, I, I had a vague idea that maybe we'd go to Bangkok for, um, for April or something like that and we'd have yeah. something out in the middle of the year. But I, I just love the response, and I'm so excited, and I know Nick uh, is really excited as well. And we're just, we actually got together today. Yesterday, he was calling me all day. He was saying, "What if we talk to this person? What if we talk to that?" Yeah. And I said, "Come on, let's calm down a little bit." So we met up today, and we were, we were thinking that um, perhaps we do uh, a series about Singapore since we're here. Yeah. And we can yeah. get one out quick and use the momentum we've got. Yeah. Hopefully people enjoy that and um, and see in the meantime about seeing whether we can come back and do Japan again after that. Yes, um, yes, yes. Stories in Japan. I just I so wanted to. In, in, in episode uh, two and three, I, I don't really want to give it away too much. Yeah. There's some history stories in there. Yeah. You know, just like the Akio Marita and Masaru Ibuka. Um, idea in the first episode is in episode two and three and and four as well there's some stories there which I think are even stronger than that and I'm such a Japanophile <laughs> um, at the moment um, I'm absolutely into the writer Junichiro Tanazaki yeah. just been reading the Makioka sisters or the uh, Japanese it's Sasama Yuki I think yeah um, there's there's so much to Japan that it's just sitting at the, the back of my brain going, I want to use that for something. And Tanazaki, um, he talks all about wabi-sabi in one of his episodes. I'd love to do an episode about wabi-sabi. I think that would be a mind kick. Yeah. Um, to try and to try and link that together with something about youth culture would be amazing. Well, that's it. That's it. Do it. And then please, please just do it. You know, you know so it's done by so many people in such a stupid, cliched, retarded, shallow way. Do it right. Do it right. Do it linking it to youth culture, or like you're saying, you know, take, take an angle on it. I mean, so far the angle that you're taking, everyone's saying like, oh, this is what I wanted to see, right? And I'm and I've got every confidence you can do that again. But that's it. You know, you have so many people who jet in. They, they've read a few comic books about Japan or whatever. They they do such a, a thin, high level angle, trying to play every confirm every cliche that they've heard and then leave. Do it. Do it. Do it, do it right. I love that. Yes. I, I think it would be wonderful if we could come back to Japan and do some more because there is so much to it, and um, it's it seems to me that we've got a little bit of a we're getting a little bit of a following from fellow Japanophiles, and so oh, we, we are, 
We're but it all comes down to whether we can get a sponsor and, and stuff like that, I suppose. Well, you know, it's pretty hard to do, but uh, yeah. if you just stick at it, you know. forward <laughs> a little bit there because the light was shining on the logo. Oh, oh, oh yes. <laughs> that, that, see, see, there's the professional director right there. He's he just holding me for incorrectly holding the product. Uh, yes, indeed. So uh, Nakaikun sucks, and he should just be. Uh, you know, I, I've got. I I do not apologize for any strong opinions I may have expressed in present or past about uh, Nakaikun and his complete woeful inadequateness for being in the uh, group's map. Did, did I tell you that I, I bought something for you today? No. It's in my pocket here. Nakaikun <laughs> rocks. I'm going to defend him. I, I, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed to know that any other foreigner could possibly ever be a Nakai fan, let alone someone that I actually know. It's just this is embarrassing. It's like saying the only one that I remember his name. It's like it's like saying you know I know this guy. It's like saying I know this guy in high school that he's a chronic masturbator. I mean I I would rather say that about you than say that you're a fan of Nakai. Uh, I, I was I was quite offended by um, the comments in the, the, the show about him being taken out back. Well, what that uh, means, you know. I just threw that in there. It was just a subtle. It was a subtle thing, but no. This is what happens when people I know actually start watching my stuff. You know, actually, my mum. I, I started writing, and uh, I, I put a couple, of, and and they were really good. And it's funny when I went home, my mum. She told me, "Son, I read yeah, your blog. I read your blog, and it really upset me." <laughs> I was like, well, one, don't read it, and two, if you read it, don't tell me shit like that. And it actually gave me, and it's awkward because, you know, I've, I, I, I had to figure out a way to tell her I'm going to block her this year because I want to go back to writing, <laughs> and I don't want any more awkward stuff around it. But yes, um, but no, no, I'm totally, I'm totally staying firm on. So uh, by the way, so on my last show last week, um, what what Alistair is talking about, or uh, so I call him Ace. This is nickname from the old days. Um, uh, what he's talking about is I, I, I said some slightly mean things. I was talking about the state of music in Japan or something like that, and I kind of mentioned how, you know, Japanese pop groups deliberately have, average, you know, not everyone is super talented that comes through talent competitions. They deliberately have kind of average Joes, which make everybody feel like they're more accessible. That's the whole idea of AKB48. They have, of the 150 members, about 20 of them are completely out of tune and can't dance. But having them there makes everyone feel like, oh, they're normal, you know, like they're not like super inaccessible. It's it's part of the strategy of these of these agencies and SMAP, you know, that the 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 um, doofus Forrest Gump, you know, character they have is Nakai, who they actually also call the member the, the lead member as well. And it always frustrated me because he sings audibly out of tune on the CDs, and I, and you ask anyone, so anyone uh, who who knows music or audio, a SMAP CD. And ask, is there a single, is there a member out of tune on this? There's always it's on purpose. I think he actually was trained to sing out of tune. He, he's a lovely guy. He's a, he, he he's doesn't a, wear lipstick. But he's you not know, say for one of the other members. No, I'm sorry. You know what? This is the thing as well. He he's not even a nice guy. I mean, I know you watched a drama where I think he probably got a script for playing a nice guy character. But if you watch him on the variety shows. And he talks about like you know like as the leader's map. Like I think you, I remember seeing an interview once where he was saying, oh, like, so one time I realized when Smap first got big, because they wanted to put us on a schedule like after another band, and I said to them, hey, where's Smap? I was just saying, what a dick. <laughs> hey, hey, look, 
when I when I was sitting up there in the cold of Niigata, I remember sitting there watching watching. Here you think if you live in a place like And and the Kai Kun was on the show acting as a chef. It was a drama. Yeah. I'll never forget. He saved a young lady from from a group of yakuza guys who wanted to have sushi served on the, her naked body. And the Kai Kun's a good guy. He did that for her. Well. If that's true, and I, and I haven't verified that, but if that story is true, sure. he once acted as a chef who saved a, a woman from having sushi served on her naked body from Yakuza, then I might I might have to reconsider my position on the Kaikun, but but until that that is verified, I'm sorry, but he he does not get a pass. And that's I'm all. I'm that that SMAP is still going because I remember when they were when they were just starting out. I think that was around the time when I first started mm -hmm. going to Japan, and they when they was just first getting big. It's it's uh, it's kind of like they're going to yeah, be machine. a Chagia and Asuka or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you've heard of oh, you obviously haven't heard about Chagia and Asuka, have you? No, Chagia and Asuka has come to a crashing end. Oh no. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so was it Chagia or Asuka? It was one of them. Was Asuka? It was a singer guy. Got uh, pulled up with um, what was it methamphetamine with his girlfriend, and uh, he's now in jail. <laughs> oh. And he got into extra trouble because he wouldn't rat out the the yakuza guys who sold him the drugs. Oh no. Uh, yeah, yeah. So everyone say he, you know, instead of say yes, he should have said he should have just said no. <laughs> oh. Oh, for the irony of a guy whose whose top song is uh, called "Say Yes" that he what about ends up in jail on drug charges. Sorry. What about my other favorite, uh, Namie Amaro? What happened? Ah, Amaro, Amaro Chan. She's um had her ups and downs, but she is still hanging in there. What's really interesting is that Hamasaki Ayumi Hamasaki, uh, yeah. she she was like the biggest thing ever in music in Japan, and she actually tried to release an album, and this is how much now the idol groups dominate, like the Johnnies and the, the um, Akimoto, the AKB, and all that sort of stuff. They so dominate and have a grip on the, the charts that I think Hamasaki tried to release, she produces her own stuff, and she was you know, top seller automatically with any album. She released an album for the first time in a couple of years, and it didn't even make it onto the charts. Um, so they've sort of oh, fallen yeah. out. And Amaral's in that kind of category, but she's doing okay. She hasn't become totally invisible, and I think she's still with Avex, which helps with that. But, um, but yeah, the world of music has just so changed in Japan. By the way, by the way, I don't know if um, B-Boy Tripping is in here uh, in the comments, but um, B-Boy Tripping and I exchange um, uh, links on Facebook messages about nostalgic 1980s and 1990s hip-hop music. And uh, he, he once told me that the, the, the tune that opened up his mind to Japanese pop music and the, 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 the possibilities and quality of it was the same CD that you brought to my house when you got back from Japan, when you came back to New Zealand, when we were both at university, and you put on a CD and said, dude, you have to listen to this. And it was uh, H Jungle with T, Wow Wow War Tonight. Wow War Tonight. He put that, he, he sent me the link, this is what changed my whole world for Japanese music, and he sent me a look, and I was like, dude, that song, yes, that was my introduction to Japanese pop music, I, from, I, from you. I still listen to that, I love that song. It's a classic song, I sing that, I, I sing that at karaoke, and people go nuts, they go, they go bananas. There's a lot of nostalgia around that song, that was a New Year's song, it was always, it was played around the New Year time, and it was on the big, uh, yeah. um, New Year's countdown parties on TV and everything, wasn't it? Yeah, well it's better than last Christmas. That's 
<laughs> I still haven't quite worked out what Wow Wow War tonight means. Is that like we're going to have a party or something? Uh, I, I never, no, I never actually really got that, got that deep into it. Uh, but it's a good song. It's a good song. And yes, that's right. So 1980s, 90s, and that's right, Travis Moore uh, tripping out. 80s, 90s hip hop. You can join the, the thread. I'll add you to the thread if you've got links to show. He shows me stuff and I show him tracks and stuff that we help each other out because we're both into that specific genre. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. So the, 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 the music scene's kind of going through a bit of a bleak patch at the moment, actually. There are some more people actually that you meet that I've met through the YouTube community here. There's a guy, um, Lindsay, who's actually a, a writer for Sony Music. Um, and he's a guy who would have like probably a dozen or so top ten songs that he's written get in the charts every year. But he was just telling me before how like how the whole economics and everything, how much the industry here has now changed. But he, he does blogs. He does like blogs of him doing these binge 36, 48-hour writing sessions by the piano. That he's he's put on these deadlines to write, you know, number one hit songs. <laughs> and he does it. He does it all in English. He he he's half Australian, half Japanese. He he grew up in Australia. But um, yeah, he composes and stuff like that. Oh, an Ace is gone. We've lost Ace. But anyway, uh, you all should subscribe to Lense, L-E-N-S-E-I, because his blogs about creating uh, pop music are awesome. Um, and also, we've lost Alistair Harding, but um, I'll see if I can get him back. But just in the meantime, um, as we've been talking about, um, oh, he's back. There you go. You all right? Can you hear me? Alistair, can you hear me? You're a bit frozen there. There might be a problem with your connection. Hang on a sec. He's moving around. Ace, can you hear me? Uh, but just to recap, this guy made the. Oh, you can hear me on the on the earphone. That's right. That's actually looking very producer-like. No, no sound. Yeah. Can That's you right. hear me? I can hear you fine. Can you yeah. hear me? I can hear you. I can see you. You can hear me. Yes, I can. So. <laughs> okay, I can't hear you at all. I'm very sorry. I should mime the questions. Well, where I don't actually, know what happened. Okay, well, we could just, we're kind of on time anyway, but, but, I mean, if we can get this going again, here, let me text, let me text one minute. Let's see if I can get Ace back, and if we can't, we'll wrap it up. Uh, Biz Markie was a human beeper. Biz Markie was awesome, by the way. I thought you were talking about Markie Mark, who also was kind of good. Hey, um, let me... Sound, you can rejoin. Maybe shut down browser. Okay, so I'll see if I can bring Alistair back. But point is, look, let me just recap. So, uh, because he's obviously, as you can see, he's a pro who is trying out YouTube. And maybe this is where I want to wrap up uh, the conversation when we get him back. Um, is so he's a pro he's coming into YouTube as opposed to us trying to break into commercial TV you know and he's coming in because he wants he's a creative guy he likes the control of this and he's used the freedom I guess that YouTube gives to uh, can you hear me now Ace? yeah oh awesome okay so that worked so uh, I was just wrapping up. I'm kind of doing a wrap-up. I usually go for about an hour, but there's no time limit on this anyway. But I'm just saying that, you know, kind of bringing it back, what I find really cool 
apart from the fact that the series, this uh, what really matters on your new channel in the Gaijin, um, not only the fact that it is just su supremely high quality, which I guess is um, it's kind of exciting to have someone come on who can make quality like this, and that we've got a bunch of episodes already in the box that are that are queued up that will be accessible every week, and that you've already got plans outside of Japan to make more episodes, and if the opportunity presents itself to keep extending to come back to Japan, and we've also I guess everyone's figured out now that you are a massive Japanophile who will come back and will find more content. And I can tell you, these people in the comments here, they will they will supply you with all the content and all the, the connections that you would ever want to like make endless episodes uh, like the ones that you've already made. Um, but um, what what I find cool about this, your channel, and what makes it really recommendable, just apart from the fact in its own right it's just really cool, is that you're kind of what YouTube wants, frankly. I mean, when YouTube set up the YouTube space in Tokyo, which I just got access to this week, so I'm going to start producing stuff in the studio over there. Um, but the thing is, they, they, they set up that studio for, for people like you. And it's kind of funny. I went to the opening party, and I've been invited there a few times, and I've done a few tours. I've even shot a video there a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's all professional editing equipment, sound rooms, studios, um, all this sort of stuff, but I can see it's kind of set up for crews. It's set up for a sound, you know, there's a sound guy, a lighting guy, and it's not set up, you know, most YouTubers up until recently were guys like me, literally guys in bedrooms with webcams, like we're doing right now, you know, trying to make content from that angle, and we've always been trying to get closer to production quality using software and using, you know, um, better cameras and stuff like that, and we're trying to learn the tricks that make us look like you, <laughs> but YouTube's always been trying to attract, um, you know, guys like you to come into the YouTube world. And I guess what YouTube really wants is they want to help guys like me get close to your sort of level of quality, and they want guys like you to realize the, op the, the opportunities that exist outside of the whole commercially controlled satellite and cable TV world that you can come in with complete freedom and actually make a good, good fist of, you know, getting paid for making videos in this world. <laughs> Be more than happy to be a poster boy for that. But um, to be yeah. honest, what what we're doing, yeah, what, what we're trying to achieve here is um, it's it's not that hard to achieve anymore. Um, the new iPhone six can shoot in full HD, can it? Right? About, oh man! Um, you, the software to edit this stuff, it's all there. Um, I've actually got for my my iPhone 4s, which yeah. I have. Um, I actually have a Steadicam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Got this little thing here, which the phone goes into and it sticks on top of the Steadicam, and I can go around with it. You know, the the tools are there. Yeah. As long as uh, I I just I just love the way that we can all go out and do this stuff now, and it is not cost prohibitive. I think the way that, that we did it up there in Tokyo. Yeah. We we tried to to bring a certain level to it, and. Um, and Nick did an amazing job. He was absolutely amazing with that. Yeah. With with the filming of it. So, you know, sure we, we bought that, but I do think that people with just a little bit of technical know how can can make these things. And if that's what YouTube really does need, because that's what's gonna uh, these networks to, to kick up the ass, so to speak. Well, I think we're there. I mean this Exactly. Hey, this my best lens, but this, I mean, maybe you've heard of this. This is a, a Panasonic GH3. Yeah. Um, this uh, tricked 
Francis Ford Coppola in a competition against a red Scarlet into yeah. thinking this was the better movie camera. <laughs> and got a bunch of awards, which blew everyone's mind because that's a $30,000 camera, and this opened at retail for 1000 is available anywhere now for like $500. And it's won, you know, bloody film contests. And like you say, like this, this is a 6, this is an iPhone 6. Um, the hyperlapse, the software stabilization that, that, that they have with that now, combined with, I mean, okay, the sound is a bit iffy, but if you're in good light, um, yeah, the sensor. If, if you if you can sort out your lighting, if you're doing it, if you're aware of where the sun is and you're doing it on on a bright day, there's nothing much to tell the difference. And if you can just figure out the sound thing, which again, I've got this. This is a Rode. Uh, yeah. This is a a lav mic. No mic. Which plugs into the iPhone, so I can put this in my pocket with this, take the sound out, mix it up later in my software, and I've got broadcast. This and this, I've got broadcast sound and broadcast quality video. I can go freaking anywhere with this. Exactly. I exactly. just need to know what the hell I'm supposed to do when I get there, which which you do. Well, look, one one thing that I think that um, if you are going to do an interview, you know, you're you're sitting inside now, and so your sound is really really good. A lot of times, people make the mistake of trying to do uh, sound out on the street without proper uh, sound recording equipment. You can you can shoot the pictures, no problem at all. Yeah. But we actually had this had a little bit of this problem ourselves in episode four, where we interviewed this musician underneath the railway bridge, and uh, <laughs> not a, not a good idea. But yeah. We got something out of it, and it's gonna it's a really lovely episode by itself. But yeah. um, you know, to be to be honest with you, there are just simple rules that people should try and uh, should try and follow, and if they do that, then quality is not that hard to achieve. You know what would be cool? Let's get you on again, and when we get you on next time, because I, it's kind of funny, it was so cool. So yesterday, um, I, I saw Alistair's channel, I'm like, dude, your channel's going to blow up. Let, let me guide you through, and it was literally like a, a YouTube 101 on, on settings for videos and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's a lot I can teach you about setting up for YouTube, but at the same time, there's so much that you can teach people like us about just, like you say, you know, basic rules for shooting and principles and stuff like that that you've got experience doing. You teach me how to, how to set up the YouTube. But, <laughs> be, but, but I think this would be a really cool topic for a video. I don't know. Comment, comment, people. What do you think? How about we get Alistair on and we have him, like, give us tips and principles for shooting awesome stuff like what he makes that we can do. I, I, I think that would be a good video. Uh but yes, anyway, I, th I, I, I think that would be, and the point that you just made, by the way, as well, again, home YouTube people, YouTube wannabe people, we do everything through attempted, you know, man cave reverse engineering. We watch something on TV or we watch another video and we think, how did that guy do that? And we find out, okay, that guy's this, this camera, so I go and buy the same camera as him. But it's kind of funny, the two things, the first thing that people used to really screw up is lighting. Yeah. You know, there are so many uh, cameras just shot in, in wardrobes and stuff like that, you know, with PC <laughs> webcams yeah. and stuff like that. You can shoot a good video with a PC webcam if you've just got a light beside where the, cam where the camera is. You can, you can pull it off, actually. This is shot with a webcam right now. But, um, yeah, if you don't have good lighting, it doesn't matter really. You know, you, you know it's going to look like crap. But what everyone forgets is everyone's so focused on how it looks and, and the, the camera and everything like that, and everyone forgets the sound, even me. You know, I, I've started getting obsessed with sound lately because I always lose on these calls. Victor's got a great setup, and I always sound like crap compared to him. 
So yeah, yeah, I'm 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 playing around with things like this and with different USB mics and stuff. But the sound thing and and, and how to get all that working right is a real issue, I think, for for YouTubers who are coming in trying to you know learn on the fly. I tell you what, too. That's that's one thing which which really attracts me about about YouTube is that it's a really can-do place. Yeah. If if you want to do something, if you're willing to get off your ass and do it, then you can actually do it. You can do really cool stuff. And um, I, I think, to me, that's that's partly um, why we got off our asses to, to go and do this up in Japan last year, because we're just sitting there thinking, well, why don't we do this, why don't we do this? And finally, we say, you know what, we're going to bloody well go and do it. And that, to me, is what YouTube represents, and that's what I think what really matters represents as well, is that it's it's about it's about us just getting off our asses and doing stuff. Sure. And and this is it. No, and there's no paycheck. You're not going to get fired. You're not going to get. There's nothing motivating it except your love of doing it. Yeah. And and there's a lot of fly-by-night people who come in and they they make a couple of videos and they disappear or whatever. They can't sustain themselves or they, they get distracted by the next project or whatever. But the reason I, I do this every week and a lot of people, you know, the people, the reason that people stay on YouTube and we stay doing this, it's funny that the AdSense is nice, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. But it. It's these comments. It's the it's the likes. It's the oh my god, that was awesome. It's the kick out of getting told that 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 that's just you know. I've just spent my day out at the beach uh, with out at the sailing club here. Um, yeah. We had a barbecue. Yeah. And there's a, a few people that work with that have worked with me in the past and, and work with me still. And one of them, um, she uh, she said to me, she said she saw the video, mm. and she said that. She felt inspired to go out and do her own projects a little bit more, and I just thought, you know what? Jeez, how is it that I didn't see this before? That I mean, that's the whole point of it: is <laughs> try and inspire a little bit and say we can all do what we love to do. Yeah. Uh, and she got it, and I just thought, wow. Well, if we've got all these subscribers coming in, there maybe a few more are getting inspired to do it as well, and, yeah. and uh, that just makes the world a better place, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it does. Well, this is this is what this, and yeah, you know about the long tail and all that stuff, and you know the the whole idea that you know it was never feasible to go and do a, a Wayne's World before, whereas now it really kind of is. Um, and there's a lot of people even in Japan now who make a full living off this. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 really excited that you've discovered this and that you're bringing your special skills and your very different angle onto this. And the way that you've done your series is the way I I wish I could, and the way that I wish. Everyone else has made a series. It's something new and it's fresh and it's great quality. So everyone go and subscribe and watch it and make this guy keep making more stuff. Um, because I, I I think you know there's a lot of stuff we can learn. I, I want to learn from you and the stuff which I can share with you. I think that's really cool. And uh, this is Alistair. He's he's a, as you said as he said himself. He's a Japanophile. He's one of us. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm sure we, we're we're gonna have a chance to do more videos and stuff together. But um, yeah, congrats on 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 an excellent kickoff to the channel. And I'm you know and and here's the thing: figure out a way. Well, I'm sorry. This is just this is just my selfish wish. Figure out a way to keep it going. <laughs> you know, because that's that's what um, that's what the want. Selfish wish. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it uh, requires a sponsor of some sort. I mean, you know, I'm I'm. It could be it could be anything, but. Um, Get a get a town on that. It could it could be a light bulb company, even you know. I mean, <laughs> get your finger off the logo. Oh, finger on the logo. See, see, this is I. This is what I need. This is what I need. 
maybe maybe we could hire you as a as a producer for two and a half Oyojis. I think I think people would probably get a kick out of that. You could we could have uh, you know camera camera one tell that guy to turn off his speakers. <laughs> I can see that. But um, anyway, so okay, we're 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 well over time, but. Um, Excellent to have you on, and uh, everybody, um, in the video information to this, I've got all the links for the channel and for the first episode. The next episode is coming up on Friday? Friday. We're going to do every every Friday from here on in, yeah. Every Friday, and uh, it's going to be a sword maker. Uh, it's going to be talking about why Japan is awesome and all that stuff, so um, go and subscribe, uh, and go and watch the first episode, and if you like it, you know, this is a, a new channel, so give it the kick it deserves. Give it the, um, you know, the favorite, the, the like. Do everything to, to make sure that uh, the search algorithms pick it up and you know they, they get it sent to other people who, who want to see this stuff um, hey, can I just can I just say that um, you know thank you very much you um, for, for everything you've done there it, as I said on Friday night when I went home and I saw the uh, the numbers just suddenly skyrocket and then I woke up in the morning and thank you Victor for, for what he did yeah. um, that was just absolutely amazing and this, the support from everyone um, we are reading the comments and we're just getting blown away by the love um, <clears throat> it's really very humbling so thank you everybody for it all and, and thanks for having us on tonight because this this rocks yeah yeah I'm glad you I'm glad you've learned the magic a little bit of my world and that you're bringing a bit of your world into it you actually. have a lot it's of really power cool. use it wisely uh, well no but honestly all, all I did was I mean, I, I, I just all I did was tweet and Facebook. This is awesome. That's all that I did, and and it just picked up its own life. Um, so you know, you backed it up with the goods, and that that that's what's cool. So um, yeah, I I guess on this channel you're gonna get to see Ace again in the future, no question. I'm down in Singapore every now and then, and it sounds like you're gonna be coming back up to Japan every now and then too. Hopefully next time you're in Japan. Um, I'm not saying I want to get into your TV series per se, because you know, but I'd certainly love to. Come along, tag along one of your shoots or ne whatever. Next time you come up here, and certainly help. I mean, I I'd love to do that. So um, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's really awesome. So everyone, go subscribe to Hinda Gajin, Alistair Harding. Um, awesome new presenter with a New Zealand accent. Um, and uh, that's good. And we'll, we'll give you updates on Victor. I was hoping we get Victor in tonight, but it sounds like um things are are, are tough. But hopefully we're gonna have a, we're gonna have some excellent news by tomorrow morning. I'm hoping so. Uh, Best, best luck to Victor and uh, Yoko and uh, Baby Godzilla. Hope we hope we find out about that soon. Thanks for coming on, Alistair. Cheers, bro. Right. Peace. I will stop being broadcast. Stop being